and she said, if Jesus were to come tomorrow, would your soul be um, right with him? So I said, I don't know. And she said, I hate to break it to you, man, but that's not a good answer. GMBA YouthCast. God offers so many blessings when we commit our life to serving Him, but the culture we live in makes a lot of promises outside of God's plan as well. So is it possible to enjoy the best of both worlds? Well, today on YouthCast, Brother Jordan Beeman is sharing about how he learned that being all in for God makes all the difference in your life. Quick warning before we get started, this interview references driving while intoxicated. Parents are encouraged to discuss this topic with their kids at an appropriate age. So Jordan, thank you for joining us today on the YouthCast. No problem. It's, it's my pleasure to be here. And I'm hoping that my testimony and my words can help shine some light for those who are going through the same struggles I went through. And I, I just want to compliment your hat really fast. Yeah. So um, these hats, Church of Jesus Christ from San Benito 2022. It was my very first youth in action. Um, we had a great week working with the Navajo Nation. Um, and it was a week that changed my life. So if you've never been to Youth in Action, I highly recommend it. That was where I got to know you a little bit, got to hear your testimony. And let's get right into your testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were you were raised in the, in the Church of Jesus Christ. As a kid and teen growing up, how did you see the church and, and your relationship with God? What was your perspective on that? I live in Wilmington, Delaware. My family and I are the only members in um, Delaware. So I went to Mount Lowe, New Jersey with my family every Sunday. I never really looked forward to going to church, unfortunately. It was just kind of seen as something I have to do in the morning and then just waited for it to be done so I could finally get on with my day and hang out with my friends. I was really the only young person there for the majority of my life. And even though I went to church every Sunday, I didn't see anyone going through the same struggles and in the same age group that I was. So it was very hard for me to relate. What was the first time you ever saw God or, or church as more than just a tradition from your parents? I was um, going to Sunday service, just like I normally did out of habit. And uh, one of the brothers mentioned GMBA. He said, are you going to GMBA this year? And I turned to my mom, what is that? Like, I've never heard of this before. She's like, oh, like you got to ask your father. He used to go all the time when he was your age. So um, I go home and I have a conversation with my dad. And he says, that's where um, kids go to congregate. And like people of all ages is where you get to meet the entire church that spans over the country and, and some other places in the world. I'm like, why am I just not like hearing about this? This is awesome. I was like, I I definitely want to check this out. You know, Um, kids in my faith, in my age, like this is amazing. I've never had this before. So I show up and it's eye opening. Just going into those seminars and seeing kids my age going through the same challenges every day that I am opening their hearts up to God. I've seen the older people of the church do it. I've never seen someone my age do it before. And seeing that was life-changing because I realized that I'm, I'm lacking. I'm lacking. I haven't developed that personal relationship with God. I haven't gotten to that point yet. And that I should be at that point. Um, and having conversations with the young brothers and sisters of the church that, were my, that are, still are my friends um, in 2014, they really opened my eyes to what I could be doing more. Never read on my own before, except in like Sunday school, never, uh, I prayed before eating, didn't pray any other time. It was, everything was just like as a habit. And they made me realize that church isn't a habit. It's a choice. 
uh, your relationship with God is the choice. It's something you have to develop personally on your own. You have to put you in your own effort. And so camp out really changed my whole perspective on how I should be approaching this and how I should be giving all I have to God and the church and how this is the most important thing I will ever see. And despite having such an eye-opening experience, a couple, um, about a week later after camp out where I said I was going to draw the line in the sand and I was going to live for God every moment after that, I found myself sitting on the couch debating with myself on what kind of life I was going to live. I was 14 and I thought I knew everything. I thought I could play the system, I guess. I thought, um, hey, I like the life that's advertised and that everybody wants around me seems fun. You know, go to parties, you know, drink, go to college and just acting young, wild and free. Um, that's the lifestyle people want. There has to be something good to it. But in the back of my, my mind, I also saw the way that people chose not to live that lifestyle and chose to live their life for God. And that little voice was telling me, don't do it. Don't do it. You know what the right option is. But I made my decision and that I was going to live for the, for the world, have that carnal mind and come back to church whenever I was older. And I, I made that conscious decision. It was the first time in my life where I was exposed to God's greatness in the fullest, fullest, made aware of the choices I could make. And I still chose not to follow God. Um, and in that moment, I felt this anchor, the, he the heaviest weight of the world just fall on my heart. And I felt the spirit immediately just withdraw from my body. And life went pretty much downhill um, from there spiritually and, and a lot of other aspects as well. Um, and so I went to the next camp out. First, like why even go back to camp out? And second of all, what is the experience like going back to camp out, knowing you've consciously decided that this is not the life you want to pursue? Reason I went back to camp out after making that decision was kind of to keep up an appearance and to see the friends that I made at the um, prior camp out. You know, I, re I really did care about them and I wanted to see them again. I had so much fun hanging out with them. Um, and at the same time, I didn't want to raise any alerts. I didn't, if I didn't show up, then I knew people would be texting me and be like, why aren't you here? Like, is everything okay? So I kind of put on this, this face or this like facade that like, Oh no, I go to church every Sunday and I, I do everything right. Like, no one lives around me in my state. No one sees my personal life. They don't know. All they see is that I go to church at church camp. So I went to church camp again. Um, first two day, first day, you know, I'm like, what am I doing here? I should be at the beach with my friends. I should be doing something else. With my time. I don't belong here. Um, I'll never be good. Like these people I'm this, I'm a phony. As soon as seminars start and, uh, the minister starts speaking to you, it, they start to break your spirit down. They start to break your heart and you start to feel that godly sorrow. And it makes you realize how, how wrong of a life I've been living. Um, and it drives me to repentance. And I truly repent. I go to God with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And I'm like, Lord, forgive me. Because I'm living not the right way. And after I repent, I'm just filled with the spirit for the, the rest of the week. And I draw another line in the sand after that camp out. I'm like, all right. I'm done living that way. I'm, and now I'm going to live the right way. I'm, I had a year in between where I was doing things my way, living day by day in shame and trying to ignore it. So now I'm going to do God's way. And then, you know, probably like a week, if I made it like two weeks this time, and then I went, <laughs> went right back to living the way I was, you know, and then I just kept going on this cycle from camp out to camp out, riding these spiritual highs when I'm at camp out. 
and just running on fumes for like the next 11 months. What is the difference between the blessings you feel when you're surrounded by the people of God living in that life that you know God wants you to be living versus the, the happiness you're chasing in the world, in that more self-seeking lifestyle? You know, fellowship is amazing. And I love going to church and singing and praising and testifying with my brothers and sisters. And it is very fulfilling. Now, when I go home and I'm alone and I'm not around the brothers and sisters, but I pray, I read, I develop that personal relationship with God. I still feel amazing. You can go to Christ and have this spiritual feeling, even in moments of stress. Um, you had a bad day at work, go to God. You, you lost a loved one, you know, go to God. He can help you feel that, that happiness and that joy. But when people don't go to God and they go to these other things, it's them trying to escape, escape what they're feeling and dealing with life by going to this carnal state and just doing these sinful things. It's just a way of escape for them. But the escape isn't forever because the next morning you have to deal with it and then they don't want to deal with it. So they go do it again and they go do it again. And then they become addicted to escaping it through these means, but it's no end solution. So you have these, these two forces pulling you or drawing you, you have one is God saying, Hey, I have so many blessings for you. I have so much love to offer you. You have this other one, the world saying, put off God, do that later in your life. Just live for yourself right now. And you're going through this cycle back and forth. What leads you to finally reaching the point of saying, I'm going to start taking God more seriously and actually pursue it and not keep going through this cycle. So, um, unfortunately, before I got to that high, um, I had to go through my lowest moved to the beach for the summer with my friends church had no part in my life. Um, and unfortunately I began to chase the sinful life again. And I'll tell you what, it did not lead me in a good place. Um, when I was out with my friends, I decided I wanted to go home. Um, home was not close and I was in no mindset to do it. I, I was drinking that night and I, for some reason was confident in my ability to drive home when I should not have been at all. And God saved my life that night. Um, I was driving like 90 miles an hour for the majority of the ride. And uh, when I was two minutes away from my location, I was going probably about 40 and I was looking at the GPS. I looked down for one second. I look up next thing I know I'm going straight into a guardrail. Cracked the windshield of my head. Everything goes black for a second. I wake up, this, this paper thin guardrail in my big car to go 40 straight into it. On the other side is quite a few big trees and uh, a river. So I mean, if that guardrail didn't catch me, I wouldn't be here today. And I praise God absolutely for saving my life and giving me more time to turn my life around. Um, Cause if that was my moment, I would fear, I would fear for my soul. Um, I'm ashamed to say it. It's like I'm ashamed of so many of my past actions. I completely overlooked this miracle at the time. I got out of the car laughing because I thought I was indestructible. Did not give God any credit for saving my life. Not only did he save my life, but he saved my soul in that instance by giving me more time. Went on living for another four months, completely removed from the spirit. When I finally moved back home with my parents under their roof, under their rules, you're going back to church on Sundays. Went back to church every Sunday. Um, just worried about what I was doing afterwards. Going on my phone, falling asleep. 
until finally I was invited on a nature walk with uh, two brothers and a sister. And on this nature walk, we were talking about spiritual things, which made me super uncomfortable because I knew deep down, I don't know anything about this and it makes me feel pretty guilty. I was having a conversation with a sister and she asked me the most important question in my life. And she said, if Jesus were to come tomorrow, would your soul be um, right with him? It took a few seconds to think about it. And I said, I don't know. You know, I donate money or in food to the, um, the homeless. I do some charity work. Yeah. Like I'm a good guy, but I know I don't pr- pray as much as I, I should. Um, so I said, I don't know. And she said, I hate to break it to you, man, but that's not a good answer. <laughs> like, and if I was like, it was in shock for a second and made me realize that she's right. I, I, it should be an astounding. Yes. I shouldn't, I should be giving like God my all. And I should know that he loves me and is accepting me, but I knew I wasn't giving my all. And in that moment I realized, you know what? I'm done living this way. Um, I'm fine. I've never given God a hundred percent before. I'm going to give him a hundred percent this time. And this time is different. What do those steps actually look like that you took to try and really give God a chance and get to know him better? Yeah. Um, you know, I wish I had some kind of secret up my sleeve that I could tell people and just blow their minds, but it's, it's to the basics. You pray, not only when you eat, you pray when you have struggles in your life, you know, you're having trouble with your job and, you, and pray to pray to, and you're thankful for something or when you have a decision to make every yeah. step of the, every step of your day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't, you don't want to develop this. I need, I need, I need relationship with God. Pray and say, God, thank you so much for helping me in this instance. Like he blesses me in ways that I don't, I'm not even aware of it. Read, read is probably the most important step that I recommend and that I neglected the majority of my life. Never read the Bible or book of Mormon on my own. Never got past Genesis like five in my entire life up to this point. But you know, I stuck it out. I actually started to read and the book. Wait, of Matthew, did, yep. did you read the whole old Testament before you got to Matthew? No, no. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> because I would say like Matthew is like a good place to start for someone who hasn't read. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't read the whole old Testament first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I did not read the Old Testament first. I fell absolutely in love with Matthew. Um, I fell in love with the parables, the miracles, the witness witness accounts of seeing Jesus firsthand being baptized, actually having the gift of the Bible, God's spoken word on earth, to stir our spirits up what we need it most. I ha- I don't. I've never had a dream. I've never had a vision. I've never heard an audible voice speak to me. But what I do have is when I read scripture, it gives me the answer I'm looking for. It calms my spirit when I'm in trouble. Every single time I am struggling with something in my life and I open that book, it helps me further my, my walk with God. Like the parable of the sower. It just really spoke to my heart in this um, time. Essentially, where my case was, uh, was the soil with the weeds in it. I received the word. I put it in my heart every single time I was at camp out. But then weeds would grow back up in my life and they would choke the word out because I would let these, these, uh, these worldly things come into my life and just suffocate the spirit. And it wasn't until I prayed and read daily and cleared those weeds from my life where I could really bear fruit. Such a great point. And I think too, that comes in many forms. Reading is 
such an important one. Or, or maybe some people prefer listening to scripture at church. That's another time where you can hear the word of God and, and Sunday school and being able to discuss it with other people. Yeah. Before church every Sunday, I pray, Lord, let me help, help me feel the spirit. I, I want to be involved in this. But for me, I think the most crucial one is repentance. Because I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm deleting all this music on my phone. I'm trying to cut all these things out of my life. I'm not sinning anymore. No more sin for me. I'm going to be the Christian. I'm going to be the Christian guy, the perfect Christian. Like I'm in this 100%, like I said. But guess what, man? You're not, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can live without sin. You're going to fall down. You're going to sin. You're going to feel bad about it. And you have to repent. You have to humble yourself before God and make things right. If you don't make things right in the sight of the Lord, then the spirit can't dwell in you. There's not a day that goes by that I don't I want the spirit to be withdrawn from me. I'm, I'm very stubborn, unfortunately. And um, after sometimes I sin, I know, I know it. I preach it and I know it. I should be asking for repentance for at the exact second that I, after I do it, but for some reason, I I listen to the little voices in my head. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not worthy. How can I speak to him right now? I know his word, and I went against it. I'm so ashamed that I'm such a wretched man. But God allows us to feel godly sorrow to bring us to repentance. He doesn't want us to dwell in it. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be out there, joyous, spreading the word and the love of God. He doesn't want us sitting in our rooms in the dark, crying about what we did and feeling unworthy. The very first sin, Adam and Eve, right? Mm -hmm. They sin. The first thing they try to do, we better hide from God. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want to see us right now. What ends up happening? God finds them and they're all feeling the shame. And what is God's reaction? He he clothes them. He covers their shame. He makes a garment for them. And that's exactly what Christ is for us. It's that's God's way of saying, I want to reconcile you to me. I want to have a, a relationship with you because I love you unconditionally. That's the whole point of Christ. Like, absolutely. He welcomes you with the open arms every time. And tomorrow's not promised. I'd rather deal with my problems today, today, and not have to worry about my problems today, tomorrow. So you finally opened up your heart to God and kind of said, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to give this 100%. How do you eventually come to the decision to ask for your baptism and commit your life to, to serving God. I was doing really well, feeling spirit, spiritually stronger every day that passed by. And, uh, it was May now, May 1st, my birthday is May 2nd. It's Saturday. And, uh, my friends asked me to go out for my 21st and I'm like, ah, I don't know. Like it's gonna be very late. I'm gonna retire for church. I don't think so. Like I've been doing pretty well. Also, I haven't gone out much. I, I don't want to do that. But they're like, come on, you only turned 21 once. Like, um, you don't have to stay out like forever. And I'm like, all right, like I'm sold. I'll, I'll go out. You're right. I go out, have too much, repeat some of my old bad habits. And next thing I know, I'm waking up and I feel awful Sunday morning. Just so sick. And I told myself, I am not going to church like this. I'm, I'm not going to let the brothers see me the brothers and sisters see me like this. I'll just be too, too ashamed to show my face there. Um, and honestly to present myself before God hung over in church. So I wasn't going to go. I made up my mind. I'm not going to church. Um, 
I'll go to next, next Sunday. Um, I'll, I'll repent. But next thing I know, the friend that has been going to church with me the past couple of days back then is calling me and saying that he's at my door and that he's going, that we're going to church. I have 10 minutes to get ready. We're going to church. And I'm like, Oh man. So I get dressed. I look awful, half put together. And I just crawl outside and just get in the car. I'm in church. I have my head down the entire time, but I'm listening. I'm listening. And the words are falling heavy on my heart. I stood up for my testimony to know what I was going to say. I was reflecting on my relationship with God my entire life and how it was a one-way relationship, how he was constantly outreaching to me and constantly blessing me in my life and giving me many chances. I saw the cycle that the cycles I went through, the lines that I crossed that I drew for myself, reflecting on the time he saved my life more than once. And I realized how toxic I have been to him. And it just broke my heart. Just being so toxic to someone who shows you so much love. I can't even imagine how heartbreaking that is. He could, he's, he's the, he's our father. I can't even imagine having a son who just turns away from you every single time, but you were there for him every single second that he needs it. Always to give him a hug and tell him that it's okay. And this reflecting on that relationship broke my heart. And I said that I'm finally done. I'm, I'm finally done having that relationship with God. And I'm finally able to make it a two way street. I'm finally able to f- commit, to commit everything, not commit just Sundays, committing Monday to Sunday, 24 seven, committing my schoolwork to him, committing my social life to him, committing the gym to him. Everything I do is now going to come from him. He, he is my outlet for everything. Now church is no longer just a part of my life. Church is my life. So that's, how I asked for my baptism, everybody was completely astonished. <laughs> my mother started breaking down into tears. And I knew it was the best choice I ever made in my life. And I'm my biggest regret is that it took me so long to finally stop being so stiff-necked and to finally accept God's love. What was that actual day like when you went into the water? I was very nervous, you know, first time getting baptized. And brother uh, Jim Scrub is the talking to me. He's the one that baptized me and he leads me into the water and the entire time I'm just staring at his form that I'm have like a grip death on. And he turns me around to face the shore. I'm still staring at his form. <laughs> Hold on to it for dear life as if I'm about to go on the scariest roller coaster of my life. Um, and he says, look up. And I look up finally and look at the saints on the water's edge. And it's just the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. The seeing the love and the care that these people are here for me. They took time out of their, their life to come here and to, to witness this, to support me, to be here for me. It's, it's literally the Adam and Eve scenario that we just talked about where you woke up that morning saying, I don't want to go to church today. Mm-hmm. I, I messed up. I feel shame. And what did God do when you came to him in your shame? Is, yeah. is he completely changed your life? I just want to praise God for that. <laughs> that he is, like I said, he's there. He's got your back, man. Is there a scripture 
that to you just summarizes what you learned throughout this whole journey in your life? So, um, Helen 512 is a, is a power scripture that I really rely on a lot. And now my sons, remember that it is upon the rock of our redeemer, who is Christ, the son of God, that you must build your foundation that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, yea, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe because of the rock upon which you are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon if men build, they cannot fall. Every time I fell down, keep going, kept going through the cycles was because I did not build my foundation completely on the rock of God. Now, giving your life to Christ, being baptized, making that decision doesn't mean it's going to be all sunshine and rainbows. In the scripture, it talks about when the whirlwinds will come, when, when the devil shall come, when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds. The devil doesn't want to see you happy. The devil doesn't want to see you and God build that personal relationship and have your soul be saved. So he's going to do everything he can to break you down. But when you have God and when you build your life on that rock, the devil can't win. You would never build a house that's halfway on the foundation and halfway on the sand. Yeah. It's going to collapse. The part that's on the sand is going to end up destroying the part that's on the foundation. So it's like, get all in, get on the rock and, and God will make all the difference in your life. Amen. So Jordan, thank you so much for, for being willing to share your testimony and to everyone watching the audience, we'll catch you next time. I'm Armando from Bell, California. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and share this video with someone you know. Thank you.